Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we are so glad you're here. And this week we have just finally, <laughs> no lie, I've been actually trying to get an Afro-Latina on my podcast um, for a good minute, so benvenida, benvenida, benvenida. Thank you, muchas gracias. I'm so, happy to be here. Yeah, so tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself. What's going on? What's going on? All right. Well, my name is Natalia Hilario de la Cruz. I'm on my, you know, my last year of my bachelor's in psychology uh, with a little bit of women and gender studies on the side. I'm, you know, not exotic, <laughs> just exhausted. And that's pretty much it. You know? I live. That's thanks to Huila Rodriguez Lora. Check out her performance art. She is amazing. Just took a course with her and she just la partió. She really did that. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm just first of all, speech is already. So this is how you see this episode's going to be. She's just ready to bring that fire, bring that knowledge about our presence, right? Or uh, the lack of presence of the Afro-Latina or the Afro-American, um, not only just in the academic setting, but also you work in their sexual representation and what's happening um, to our bodies or how we're being misrepresented, not only, I guess, in this academic um, setting, but also, like you said, in your research where you found it in literature, where you're doing different um, social science work. So can you tell us a little bit more about your research? Yes. Basically, I just had to talk about my experience uh, doing research for the Advanced Studies, Gender Studies Seminar, uh, which is one of the, the courses that we're um, required to take in order for us to acquire la certificación curricular, because it's not even like a minor or a major, it's just kind of like, a, I don't even know how to explain it, it's just kind of like a... a a certificate that you get mm-hmm. um, on the side even though you know this whole program has an extensive history it's oh, one of the only ones that has I think it's the only one with a seminar of gender studies literature in the whole Caribbean really yeah yeah because I'm yeah I haven't taken like we focus on different gender studies in different um, classes in the English department but there is not a specific class that's like gender studies specific well, maybe because we're in the University of Puerto Rico and like a lot of resources are limited. Is that why you think the courses aren't being taught or just because there isn't interest in the area? I think it's both because, you know, the focus is going towards the usual, the STEM fields and, and whatnot and not actually giving a perspective, a gender perspective when it comes to the curriculums that we're building. Mm-hmm. But if we were to actually stop giving money to the administration <laughs> for frivolous spending and put it into the programs and maybe you know we get a whole body oh the feels is yeah. like the pain as you prepare to graduate but still have so many ties to yeah. the university of puerto rico yes um it's like bittersweet uh, I was thinking because it's graduation season, a lot of people, well, you know, graduation is like memories, like, wow. And then as I reflect on how I kind of got here, like, it's just like, wait, <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a PhD, I'm focused on Caribbean studies, but how this was never something that was introduced to me, it, I just kind of ended up here mm-hmm. um, by 
choice of random interests, right? Yeah. It, and honestly, even to get to Caribbean studies, I actually started through Hispanic and Latino American studies see, um, see. because I wanted to speak Spanish. And even in that situation, it was very hard for me. Um, one, not only just because of language, but um, I was always focused or kind of trying to find an African connection in, in that department of, see, see, see. like, Hispanic, I couldn't, right? Yes. So when you're talking about not being yeah. able to have classes or <clears throat> the gender studies certificate, yeah. if you can even call it that, versus a program that can dedicate to the growing culture and demand, right? Because a lot of people are changing in their identities. A lot of people are growing and being challenged. And if we don't have the academic setting to be able to bring voice or understanding and get to publish or read or do research, how do we document uh, these changes correctly, right? right? Yeah. Um, and the fact that we're solely working on this allows us or shapes us, right, um, for our future. Not to make you sad about. <laughs> oh, I've been sad. I've been disappointed. Just ex- again, not exotic, exhausted this whole time. So don't worry. I think that's definitely probably gonna be the title of this next episode. Oh my gosh, I would love to send this to Awila and just be like, hey, look at your impact. This is what you're doing. So who is she? Who's Awila? Explain. Oh, oh Awila is also known on social media as La Performera. She's uh, this wonderful Afro-Latinx performer who just gave me another course in the gender studies program okay. uh, called Practicas del Cuerpo. And it's basically, um, it was divided into two sections, how you got to experiment your bonds with your own body, which she would call uh, La Cuerpa instead of el cuerpo, which is, okay. you know, in, in Spanish, that's like the universal uh, is, is always, or usually, uh, male pronouns. Uh, so la cuerpa, why not, like, el cuerpex, or how does that oh, work? Oh, we did that. We okay. did that also. Okay. Okay. Initially, it was la cuerpa, and then we started because there were people mm-hmm. who identified as non-binary mm-hmm. in the course, and so... We also played with that whole uh, gender binary uh, dynamic by calling it liquid okay. uh, uh, One of the exercises that we did was creating a manifesto. And she told us about how some people called them the woe manifesto or the manifieste. And okay. so we started playing around with what it means to be a body okay. of whatever sort of, you know, uh, anatomy uh biology etc and how we define that Mm -hmm. and then in the second part we started working with the collective and how our bodies uh find each other through our interactions with each other Mm -hmm. and that's how we created this beautiful body of work that was the final presentation (sighs) (laughs) Um, is is that where your pictures came from or was that something else was that another art project you were working on which one with the body you're kind of like bound and tied up a little bit oh no that's another thing (laughs) yeah 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 i did you're making me realize that i did a lot you do a you're actually really active in the community and like i think it's very interesting how you move you say you're like are you so tired and exhausted but you're in a lot of spaces and you're being visual and bringing visibility for the afro-latinx people right who exist and who are trying to bring voice to self and so i guess that makes me wonder like how do you define your body after that class experience so well how do i define my body it's really interesting because it's just like i haven't asked myself that question in a while because it's like 
am I a woman? I don't know. Is it just, am I just using it as a political identity that allows me to, you know, uh, and, uh, act from a, a several political demands that I have? Yes, but also is it really me? I still don't know. So honestly, I, I can't give you a a concrete definition right now because it's just like I don't see all there's yeah. there's too much going on and it's always changing yeah and so I'm just like just taken aback by all the transformations though I really I really if anything the thing that I could like define my body as the most in this moment is como cacademica elaborate <laughs> okay cacademica means basically it's also a term that came to me in this last uh, my last year mm-hmm. uh, it means uh, someone who comes from academia but they're like shitty because like academics are really shitty <laughs> <laughs> hmm okay because caca in spanish is like poop yeah and it's just like we're just we're just we can be really sh- shitty like elitist people yeah. even when we come from the margins into this these spaces like we can be horrible oh my gosh and then that's life. a bunch of like the white supremacists and like eurocentric uh again classes bullshit that we're trying to unlearn constantly mm. because that's how it works here that's how we produce knowledge that's yeah. the types of uh regulations that we have to go through like condition us to act that way yeah when we don't want to or oh we want to destroy that so I am in this space and it's like still use our own voice and be represented or find or bring voice for others and not have to blend into these Eurocentric westernized ways of academia and so that is constantly a challenge for me because um, for me once again to be in this situation or this place and I'm grateful it was never a dream or expectation of mine right I didn't see that vision for me because it wasn't that I saw unfortunately that many black women around me who oh, were in these spaces i can't relate yes you know um so it's a challenge a little bit to unlearn these bad habits or for example another conversation i was talking to my brother the other day and like we're like naturally gifted people so sometimes if things don't come easy to us we're like well on to the next one right mm-hmm. but um being now in my phd it's like okay things definitely are not going to come too easy you really have to put in work you really have to read you really have to pay attention and so things like this in the podcast call allow me to listen you know to kind of slow down a little bit and realize like okay like where do we analyze from this how do i take myself out and make sure that it's not just about me like how am i making sure that they who are in my space are being able to be represented mm-hmm. so that's interesting um to kind of, or I don't know if it's like makes me shit academic, or sometimes it kind of humbles me to make sure like I keep going because it's like you want to give up sometimes because you're just like, well, if no yeah. one else is, and yeah. it's just me. But then you think about other people who have broken like broken the glass or shattered their glass ceilings, right? And and if they would have given up or if they would have just thought about just themselves. And so I think it's beautiful when you have other people who look like you in your spaces who can tell you like. Boyati, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. you can be able to continue to move forward unafraid, slowly, but surely, you yes, know? Yes, that's basically, yeah, that's been like my whole experience this year again has just been that meeting people who are capable of, you know, showing me that through their actions, through their actual praxis, you know, because that's the important part. Um, uh, that's the person who gave me that seminar that we were talking about at the beginning. Her name is Katsiyari Rodriguez, and she 
uh, is completing her doctorates at uh, the Africana Studies uh, department in Brown University, and she just gave us this. The seminar was just like devastating, but it was uh, it just broke me down and built me up to be this whole new level of kakademika okay. that I had never thought I could reach because I never saw myself in like a curriculum the way that I saw myself in hers. Mm -hmm. That's I already had taken the the advanced seminar, uh, the advanced study seminar. Sorry, uh, before okay. like, I already passed that course, and but I you took like, it. I her. Yeah, because like. All of my professors have recommended her to me because mm. of the fact that she worked with, you know, uh, decolonial studies, uh, black uh, uh, woman feminism, womanism, you know, that, that line of work, which is what I wanted to delve into. But even within the women and gender studies program, that there's not much of that. Right. Well, hopefully, you know, when you finish, you can come back and you'll be teaching, whether it's here or other places, right? Because we are getting educated and getting this education to be able to educate others in our own ways in different spaces and places for people who look like us or want to think like us and yeah. that's important yeah it's vital like it really made me think that i could have a career right because when you actually think about it, there are more black women who graduate than black men women well, I one because of them more. but just i think we're just just reasons, you know, um, and different uh, challenges that we face. But I think <clears throat> to be able to have teachers, for example, my mentor, you know what I'm saying, Dana Mbang, like, I don't think if I didn't have, like, another African person to be able to identify and encourage me in ways that other people could, how do you move through these spaces? Like, mm -hmm. my friends from here, uh, which work in, like, like Sora, uh, Ferry, she works dentro de la sombrilla queer, and she does amazing work for like the trans community because she's like a black trans woman who's mm -hmm. like incredible and her mind is amazing. And so she inspires me every day. And then I also have my little little baby sis Coco, which has gotten the scene. They oh. were both the people who like presented with me okay. in our panel. And so she she comes from like. She just came out of nowhere yeah. and she was just like, I'm here and I'm black and I'm queer. And, and I'm it's beautiful. Let all of all know. Yeah. And it's just like, they've really, I've done it not just because of my mentors in academia, but because of them too, because we get to share these experiences on real time. Yeah. Where do you see the black queer movement going in Puerto Rico? Oh, oh, wow. Um, I have a lot of, it's, it's weird because like I've lost a lot of hope when it comes to academia. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm, so much of my identity is constructed within it mm -hmm. and from it, but uh, when it comes to the black queer movement, I see it going so much further because it's just like it's actually happening. Like there's black queer people who are actually trying to get together. They're acknowledging the fact that we're going through a lot of shit mm -hmm. and they're actually building from that within and outside of academia and so it's just like <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i love it it's like a, it's, it's it now it's yeah, not just in exactly. spanish now it's, it's an english exactly. too it's, it's, it's coined it's official hashtag <laughs> academia. academia um and so i just it's just i see it everywhere honestly Mm -hmm. I mean, many movements are moved by the students and moved by the youth and, like, of course, guided by the elders. Um, but we just have to see where we're going. Uh, yeah. 
I know you have a poem yeah, that you're going to share too. with us today. Wee, wee, wee. It's just, the poem is called Won't You Celebrate With Me by Lucille Clifton. I, I don't know if I'm butchering her name because, like, you know, I am Afro-Latina, so. It's okay. Um, and it goes, um, Won't you celebrate with me what I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no motto. Born in Babylon, both non-white and woman, what did I see to be except myself? I made it up, here on this bridge between starshine and clay, my one hand holding tight, my other hand. Come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I could cry. <laughs> yeah, right? just imagine me leaving that class and just like bawling, sobbing in like the little couch outside of the pro- like gender studies program, just like, uh-huh. and then my friends coming out and seeing me and being like, Coco was like hugging me and holding me, and I was like, I just really needed to, you know, because it's been so difficult. And like, wow, <laughs> like every line, like every line, right, of becoming someone that you didn't see of like just having someone to try to hold your hand of trying to have someone to celebrate who you are in this oh my goodness Mm -hmm. like and then like the beauty of like what doesn't kill you like makes you stronger but also like that same notion is still like hard and traumatizing because like why should i have to live always like in defense mode like when can i really live as a black woman it's like you really can't because you're always getting hit on both sides with not being not white or not being man right Mm -hmm. I like to like even taking it a step further when you're just like you're not a woman or a man and you're like a feminized subject because people just subscribe that to you and it's just like oh oh no it's just been a lot for all of us that's why I feel like the black queer movement is going so many places because you know it's it's we're finally coming together to be able to document that to mm-hmm. let each other know that we're here for each other and that we don't have to go through these growing pains on our own i'm crying right? oh my god oh my gosh um amazing like i see the they heard them exactly on these tears we're leaving on these tears natalia how are you on your way oh um well i'm on my way out the door because I'm finally leaving. Yeah. Even if I'm gonna come back because like of course y'all need me. Like, what would you do without me? But Hello. I'm gonna, you know, I'm on my way on my way by like taking a little break. Yep. We need to. And it's okay. Self care is the best care. Taking care of myself, exactly. Uh, I'm so proud of you, uh, just to see your growth, just to see you know, you bringing life, not only just for yourself, but many others. And that's just the beauty. Like, you're not, you're just, you're always thinking of the collective. And that's the power, right? And that's power. That unity is power. And I'm blessed to witness. I'm blessed to be a part of it. I'm blessed to have you share (laughs) your story with me, sis. Um, Wow. Can you tell everyone where they can connect with you, where they can find out what's going on with you in this black queer movement in Puerto Rico? Start your social media. Right. Well, you can find me on Instagram, which is like my most accessible uh, social media platform, uh, at Una Taza de Melaza. The same goes for Twitter. 
uh, Facebook is just, you know, Natalia de la Cruz. Um, but try to meet me first before I have you on Facebook because, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't, like, play those games. That's the real private one. Yeah. So, yeah, just a fair warning. <laughs> and um, when it comes to the, the movements in and of themselves, there's a Grupo de Trabajo de Género on Facebook. You can check them out. Um, La Revista Bien Caberja on Instagram and Twitter. Also, Grupo de Trabajo de Facebook. De Facebook, oh my God. De Género on, on Twitter as well. La Sombrilla Queer is on Facebook, on Instagram. And uh, on Twitter as La Sombrilla Queer. Uh, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. She's on her way out the door, y'all. <laughs> just like right now, just like stuffing out. Like, adios, nos vemos. I need some mango. Exactly. Some mofongo. My goodness, I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, um, everyone. This is Issa Cosette on Issa's Way. Y'all be blessed. Really? Oh. Yeah, my. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what it is. <laughs>